The future is very bright for strategists. That's what I would say. I think it's extremely bright. I just believe that's going to be in huge demand for uh, a long time to come. Hello and welcome to Grow Up, an APG Canada podcast where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkerers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and today on the show and actually for the next 10 weeks, we'll be celebrating 10 years of the APG. With APG Canada 10, we'll be releasing 10 new episodes to explore how strategy in Canada has changed over the last 10 years and what might be in store for the next. In this series, we'll be talking to strategists, creatives, HR, and management to gather their diverse perspectives. Today, we're chatting with Nee Kalman and Cheryl Monroe, founder and VP Client Service and Recruitment of AIP Connect. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at McCann for sponsoring today's episode. As one of Canada's leading strategy departments and supporters of strategic planning, they've shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent. And for that, we thank you. Nee and Cheryl, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Terrific if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners including your background. And since we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the APG Canada, we'd love it if you could tell us where you were 10 years ago today. Well, my story is going to be pretty quick. This is Nicole speaking. In that 10 years ago, I was here. I was at AIP. I founded AIP over 15 years ago. Um, And it was after a lengthy career in marketing and advertising. So I started my career at FCB, pivoted over to Coke and was client side had the opportunity to go back to agency, and then uh, I made the move into the people business. It's a longer story than is required. I pivoted into people um, about 15 years ago. uh, And at that time, having had a fairly robust career in all things marketing communications, particularly in the CPG arena, that was where our business kind of uh, sprung from. But over the years, um, and over an expansive growth, specifically actually during COVID, uh, we've had the opportunity to build, a, to add a lot of people to the team. We're now a team of 12. The team is across the country because nobody wanted to stay near me in Toronto. And uh, we are dabbling in a variety of different arenas. All things Marcom is always probably going to be the foundation of our business. But once you understand how to build webs of people, I'd say we, touch on finance and HR and and all sorts of random wonderful uh, hires that we get to do and learn about new verticals of business. So it's been super fun. So that's me quickly. Um, and Cheryl's instrumental to the team. So she joined, she's joining us here and she'll want to tell you a little bit about her, I think. Yeah. So I, uh, 10 years ago, I don't know if it was literally 10 years ago today, but I was uh, in advertising. So my career and background is predominantly in the agency side of things. Um, I was at Rethink at the time in Toronto. And I would say most of my career has been agency with, I would say, about a three-year stint client side at Canadian Tire. And it's coming close to three years that I joined the team at AIP. I knew that I wanted to transition out of advertising. And, um, it, at the time when I wanted to transition out of advertising, I knew all the things I loved about what I did in advertising was the people and working with clients and working with my team. And, um, I just didn't know what industry to transfer those skills to. And through some incredible 
uh, I would say networking of some great colleagues, I got introduced to knee. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to go into recruitment. This is the wrong match. And um, Nee's going to roll her eyes at me for saying this. But uh, when I did meet her and was introduced to her, it was at the very beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And I just walked away from that meeting feeling like, well, I might not want to go into recruiting, but I definitely need to work with this woman. And the rest, as they say, is history. I've never really looked back. So I, I think the last important piece of context for me to share with you and your listeners is the work that I do at AIP um, is predominantly recruiting within the advertising space. Obviously, it's a bit of a no-brainer given my very long career. Um, and so some of that turns out to be placing, obviously, all levels of strategists. Yes. And I'm so glad to have both of your perspectives um, because, you know, thus far we've spoken to some, obviously, strategists, we've spoken to creative directors, we've spoken to uh, some clients in HR. And, and so I'm curious, um, as an external kind of recruitment agency and, and recruiters, um, what have you seen change in the past 10 years as it relates to planning in Canada? What do I think has changed? I think the industry has changed and different themes have come to the forefront of the industry. And so planning would pivot based on what's topical in any given time. So if I were to sort of harken back to 10 years ago, I would argue that digital was the push. All things digital were sort of the focus. And so if we're specifically looking at planning and strategy, it was about how do you get, how do you get presence uh, and awareness in those varied platforms. Uh, and it was really taking off. All the agencies were trying to encompass all things digital within their uh, shops. Um, and that's kind of evolved over, over the years now. Digital is commonplace. There, there's no chance that you're in a marketing communications capacity and not ensuring that all messaging is touching within any kind of platform. Uh, so that's a big one that I would sort of talk to. I'm sure, yeah, I can think of others. What do you think? Uh, just to touch on that first one before we maybe dive into others. Um, have you, are you still getting, for example, briefs then of like, go find me a digital strategy director or whatever it may be? Like, is there just simply the expectation that everyone you bring on um, has that digital expertise? Like what, what, what are clients saying now? Um, I would argue that, yes, we definitely still get digital strategists. There's the request for digital strategists. I would actually say there's still companies who don't feel like they have as solid a footprint or handle uh, in that space. So it is an ongoing need. That said, any role that we hire for has to have a, a solid comprehension. Our line of questioning has been has evolved to ensure that they understand different areas of the virtual world. The good thing in this conversation between Nee and I is 10 years ago, Nee was obviously in the world of recruitment. I wasn't in the world of recruitment. I was like quite like literally within the world of advertising and uh, surrounded by the, the strategists Nee's referring to. So you know, at the time at Rethink, we had a head of strategy. I don't know if that was her official title at the time, but something along those lines. Uh, but then there was a whole team, to Nee's point, that was specific to digital as well as social. And it was it, the people in 
that team were not only had a skill set of just kind of being immersed and early adopters of digital and tech and social, but they were also incredibly passionate about the space, probably more than everybody else in the agency was. And when I say the agency, I don't mean just rethink, I mean, the agency landscape. And, you know, when I think back to the time of what was happening, like, we, we, you know, we, we took the time to kind of even look like what were the roles that were being hired for under the strategy umbrella in 2013. Um, and what I think is really interesting is creative technologists were being hired at agencies. So at the time, Sid Lee was hiring one and then rethink when I was there, we're building big tech ideas that were the biggest idea to lead all of the work. So what I mean by that, it was the Molson beer fridge and the technology behind the iterations of the beer fridge. And I remember at the time Anomaly was doing the Budweiser red lights that, you know, really changed the game in terms of in case in purchase, you know, when it came to the beer landscape that you could actually win a red light and the, the light went off whenever there was a goal, I believe, in the NHL. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think the reason I share that is there was like a tech led theme and idea back then. And you needed strategists to really understand how do you bring that to market and to the audience we're talking to beyond TV. Yeah. Great. I mean, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this even more when we talk about the next 10 years, but what else have you seen change in the last 10 years? So we've talked about digital. Um, anything else? I mean, anything specific to strategic planning? Because obviously digital um, would have impacted uh, the agency in its entirety. I mean, I've got to sort of touch on analytics and insight. I would say that's a biggie because um, today I don't think budgets get released without a solid understanding of whether it's going to push the needle. And I could argue that 10 years ago, there was a little bit more, uh, not leniency, but interpretive abil ability to sell creative uh, ideas and concepts and strategies and directions based on the integrity, the creative and the idea versus dollars being released today because it's going to do something tangible. So, you know, when I think about sort of the hire of a strategist, a planner, the evolution of their capabilities, not just storytelling, right? And being able to distill from the data and the insights to be able to tell a great story. But I think the need to be sort of founded in analytics and insight is even more than ever before. That would be a, a biggie for me. Do you think that translates on the other end to like effectiveness? Are, are you seeing um, requests from clients for people with a solid understanding of how to be able to showcase to clients that the money they've invested has actually delivered something? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And the roles are changed from, from, you know, into sort of growth, growth marketing. Well, I would say like, if you kind of scan, whether it's LinkedIn or Indeed, like the titles that you'll kind of find under the umbrella of strategy, which is obviously quite wide, are things like... Performance um, marketing, growth marketing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Optimization, that kind of stuff. And it truly is everything from like a director of connections planning to a director of brand strategy and content to something called 
director of member growth and acquisition. Obviously, you need to be strategic if you're going to be doing member growth and acquisition. And those are roles that I don't think that that terminology wasn't as prevalent 10 years ago at all. Um, What else have you noticed? I mean, have you seen any fluctuation at all in just like the sheer interest in strategic planners? Has, has that grown or shifted or stayed the same? I'll get, I'll give you a biggie actually that we can touch on. Um, I think that strategy and planning roles existed very much in the integrated shops and in the um, digital and integrated shops. You know, I'm like 100, so humor me in terms of reality and the way I'm going to articulate myself. But below the line type work, such as shopper marketing, such as experiential and so on, didn't really have planners and strategists. And so it's interesting to me now to see uh, how those, how every company, whether they're a creative agency, like literally not integrated, but even just a design shop will hire a strategist and a shopper agency will have a strategist or a team of, and a mosaic, you know, to talk about the big machine uh, has a team of strategists that didn't exist. And it did exist, but you know, their terminology around what strategy might have been, I might have suggested was loose versus I think people are sort of speaking the same language today uh, in terms of what does it actually mean to be a strategist or to be in strategy. I think what I would say ultimately too is with strategy roles that we're seeing, um, they're so they're so broad in what they're looking for. Um, that a big part of what we do in at AIP and in the world of recruitment is we go pretty deep on working with the partners. So for example, if it's the head of strategy at an agency or the VP of strategy, really understanding like, what do you want this person to do on the day to day? Like, do they need to hit the ground running? Do they need to be a charismatic presenter and seller to the client? Do they need to understand how to do connections planning? or brand planning, like I, I find where when you think back to 10 years ago, one of the things that I pulled up on our end, even though I wasn't at AIP at the time, was typically the type of roles that we had back to, you know, digital strategists. Our, our line of questioning was going deep on what their experience was in social media, websites, SEO and SEM, backend development and front-end development, where now it's, uh, it's roles aren't that finite in strategy. They can be a bit more broad and therefore it's almost on us to go super deep with our clients on exactly what they're looking for, which might include where they fit in an org chart. What's their mandate, you know, in the first 30, 90, 180 days. Um, and to give you an example of that, we had a client a few months ago that wanted a strategist um, let's call it actually an account planner was the title. And their range was, uh, in terms of salary, was 70 to 80. And one of the things, you know, we will do and have done is we go deep, like I said, on exactly what they want this person to do in the organization. And it was pretty clear that outside of the VP of planning, this was the only other strategist in the shop. So you know right away this person's going to need to be quite autonomous, hit the ground running, 
have really good strategy experience to know how to build plans on their own from their past experience. And you're likely not going to get them for 70 to 80. So that's where we have a conversation right away with the client to go. Two things can change. You can keep the job description and we have to bump up, unfortunately, the salary so that you get that kind of person. Or you have to tweak what you're looking for and get someone more junior to stick to the salary. So I think you just have to go deeper and in, and in a really fun way. It's, it's truly client service. It's, it's partnership with our clients to understand absolutely everything about the role in the business. Whereas a digital strategist back 10 years ago was very, very clearly defined, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'd agree with everything you said. That's good. What are you finding in terms of agencies' um, appetite for spending on strategy? So, for example, that that example you just shared, you know, uh, the the, the um, salary range, for example, being seventy, and and as it turns out, they're they're going to have quite a lot of responsibility. Um, and the role sounds like um, maybe it should, you know, garner more uh, higher salary than that. What, what do you feel is the agency's appetite for spending on strategy, say, versus creative? I'm going to suggest that strat- the strategy hire is often a pivotal role within an organization. Um, and I think that I would say that we often have good latitude because it's a bit of an interpretive role to fill. Um, we can usually encourage our clients to, we can get them to understand what, what it is they think they need. Often we're writing the job description with them. And once we're doing that and building with them and helping them see the breadth of what this role actually entails, I feel like we often have bigger latitude uh, and more creative input in terms of what the, uh, what the hire will be and what they'll yield in terms of a salary. Versus a creative, it's a little bit more defined uh, and has a little bit more specific bands. You can challenge me on it. That's just my quick top line. I think they have, I think strategists definitely have bands in terms of clearly defined bands like we see in creative. Um, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I also do think strategists and, and salaries are as equally as respected as creative roles. I was saying, what do you mean by respected? Like, like it's of equal value, if not more. 10 years is a, is a long time. And I think it's great to hear that strategy roles are being held um, as, is, as in as much importance uh, as creative roles traditionally have been. And they're seen as a pivotal hire. Um, I'm curious if, um, you know, and maybe me, because you've perhaps been doing this a bit longer, like, was that always the case 10 years ago? Like, have you seen that shift, I guess, in a positive way for strategic planning? Um, I haven't seen it shift dramatically. I think it's always been a pivotal role. I just think it's more uh, sought after. The, the landscape of who needs it, uh, who, who covets the ability to really be a solid strategic planner uh, the landscape's much broader now, so uh, the demand might be higher, and the legitimate supply might be a little bit leaner in there, and therefore they might be able to, you know. Uh, so, so now everybody wants them, uh, and therefore supply and demand they can charge bigger numbers in theory. I actually have a question to you, me, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> in terms of like. I'm curious to know, uh, with 
case studies as part of the interview process in the world of strategy. Were they around 10 years ago? Yes. Like we're starting to see them today? Yes. Mostly in that kind of role more than any other. Because if a client was going to spend big numbers on a hire, they wanted to see the person in action. So you don't need it as much in account service per se, in creative per se, but in strategy, always. Oh, you mean in terms of prospects doing case studies as a, as for people to see what, like how they think? Is that what you mean? Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, actually, you mentioned clients. What about on the client side? Are, are you getting briefs? I mean, they're all your clients, so this is confusing, but are you getting briefs from like the Loblaws and the Scotiabanks and the whoever for in-house strategic talent? Yeah, I would say those roles that we kind of highlighted before, like roles we've been doing quite a bit, especially in the last six months, are called growth marketing. Um, so it could be growth and acquisition or just growth marketing, like I said. Um, and even though to me's point, it's not called strategist, you really are very strategic and quite analytical in a role like that. Um, before we shift gears to the next 10 years, uh, anything else that you want to touch on? I mean, I think those are really the highlights. I'm not sure that I do. I think we sort of covered the main parts of planning and strategy over the last 10 and today. Agreed. Yep. Well, then uh, let's, shift, let's shift gears. I'm, I'm curious uh, what you, you know, some people have veered away from the word prediction, but what, what do you hope for in the next 10? What do you think, what are the trends that you're seeing? First of all, first and foremost, there's so much bloody data out there. There's so much information being shared that I think someone who can legitimately figure out what's useful and what's not, uh, cut through a lot of the bullshit to get to really the core nuggets is going to be a skill unto itself. You know, they call the big data. It's, that's a huge area that's going to continue to be, um, robust and people are going to have to really fine tune how to figure out and how to convince their audience that they're on to the key elements and that they haven't discounted important parts. Um, that's one part. Technology is going to continue to forever unfold. So the whole world of AI, um, you know, these chatbot things, um, or what's it called? Chat GPT. Uh, any of these new technologies is going to uh, impact where strategy is going to live and play and where, where companies are going to have to understand um, how you activate, how you have presence within these forever unfolding zones of business. Um, I think everyone, there's so many people who are consultants today, um, you know, and often people are pulling from consultants agencies to large agencies. Everybody's fighting with everybody in terms of who's leading the strategy. It's going to play out in some way or other. I think the only other, I think the only other thing too, that I, I would add to some of what Nia shared is I don't think any of the ROI focused strategy roles are going away. No, I think we're only going to see them grow. And on that note, like we do so many creative searches and placements too, that we'd even started seeing last year, like the importance of a, a, a creative director understanding like ROI and making sure that there's a return 
on the investment of the work. So I think we're probably going to see that span not just across strategy roles, but the various roles probably within the agency agencies as well as just organizations in general. Yeah. And are you noticing, I mean, I, I've seen some pretty high profile hires over the last few years, particularly for CSOs um, that have come outside of the Canadian market, be it from the UK or from uh, the US or, or elsewhere. Are you, are you feeling like clients are, uh, feel like the pool is not big enough or experienced enough as it relates to strategy to fish from here? Um, could you comment a, a little bit on that? I'm going to jump Cheryl and then you can jump in if you want to, but my comment would be, um, I think always there's been a little bit of, uh, do we have the best of the best here in Canada? It's a bit disappointing, but I think that's a consistent theme. Even when I was in business, you know, if you wanted to really make your career, you had to go down to Atlanta. When I was at Coke, for example, um, Canada's such a small, minuscule part of the global market. And at a time when we want to have a global lens more often than not for our brands, or at least understand what's happening, um, often we do want to pull from people who have had those firsthand experiences. So, um, so I would say that, uh, there is, there is more appetite. Yeah. Cheryl, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I think there was a period, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, could have been like five to eight, but definitely in, the, in within the last 10 years where there was a real keen desire to, um, hire from the UK because, you know, the heart of strategy kind of at least in the advertising industry is known to kind of be birthed from the UK. So um, we don't get that necessarily on a brief right now, but I think it goes back to Nee's point on, we have a more global talent pool to pull from. Um, most of our clients, I would say, are open to candidates within and beyond the Canadian border. And then where it can potentially slow down is obviously discrepancy in um, income. You know, so for example, taking a strategist from the US, uh, they, they might get paid a little bit more. So take one strategy director here versus a strategy director in the US. Uh, they might get paid a little bit more in the US, um, but then you also do the conversion and it just doesn't work out. So it usually, unfortunately, kind of gets halted for those reasons. Um, but there's an appetite to explore like far and wide for sure. What are you noticing? I'm, I'm curious, maybe because as my, myself, I'm a freelancer. What are you noticing? Um, it, you know, there seemed to be a lot of discussion, especially with COVID, that more and more are going freelance now. What impact is that having on your recruiting, especially as it relates to strategy? Um, I don't think the dialogue has changed that dramatically for clients in that they often want a full-time hire uh, or they want a freelance hire. It's one or the other. I don't know. Um, that, that that's changed all that much in terms of the volume of asks for freelance versus full-time. I think people are open to freelance a little bit more than they have been in past. Is it making it that much harder to find candidates though? If people who maybe were a part of the full-time pool before have now shifted freelance, like have you noticed that as a big shift or not really? Not in that, for me, not as much in strategist roles, for in other roles, maybe a bit, but yeah, you're saying no as well, Cheryl? No, not significantly enough, I would say, to comment on it. I, um, 
there's no question though that more people are deciding to go freelance. Um, and I think that really just comes down to uh, people, people had this great experience for the most part of working remote. And now that the pandemic is over, and a lot of the agencies we work with, I would say over 90% are kind of creating some sort of hybrid model um, that those that don't want hybrid and they want remote are, are now creating a freelance career for themselves for that reason. Meaning I don't want to have to follow somebody else's rules. I've built a strong enough network now that I feel like I still can stay in this 100% remote world. But what it means for me as a person is I'm going to have to do it freelance likely. But I don't feel like it's um, made our pool smaller. And um, if nothing else, like we do talk to freelance candidates and we do recommend freelancers to our clients too. It's, it's, we don't do 100% full-time. It's, prob- it's our bread and butter, but we absolutely do make freelance referrals and connections often. Um, one other question I just had out of curiosity before when we were talking about, um, you know, you kind of doing recruitment for clients like uh, Loblaws or Scotiabank or whoever it may be, and the types of strategists that they're looking for, and, you know, they might term it differently than an agency would. Do you find um, that clients are asking for people with uh, agency background or experience like on the strategy side? So, you know, we hear and see more of these kind of in-house agencies being built. There's definitely, I can see a demand for creatives. Are you noticing that on the strategy side? I would say, uh, I'll jump in. I would say that uh, there's actually, that's actually an interesting point, Michelle, because I think that... um, that might be one area where on client side, the client will have more appetite for bringing in an agency type person or consultant person. So for example, having hired some strategists for client side, they would consider somebody from Accenture or a top strategist from a big agency. So from the consulting firm or from the agency um, who, who can move forward in the acquisition, optimization, strategic growth vision planning zone, they would have more interest or openness for an agency side person than many of the other roles on the client side. That would be my comment. Um, great. Well, I mean, th- those are all my questions. I really enjoyed this conversation. I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to touch upon um, while we're chatting, but I think it's just been uh, such a fascinating look back and look forward. It's been terrific to have your perspective, your joint perspectives. Um, and I thank you very much for spending the time with us. Thanks for awesome. the time. I appreciate it too. I think the future is very bright for strategists. That's what I would say. I think it's extremely bright. If we were talking about other verticals of possible careers, uh, I may not answer the same way or comment in the same way. But I do think if you're in that sort of, if you're that curious minded, um, conceivably analytic or anthropologically inclined person who's really just curious about how the world works, why it works the way it does, you're on 24 seven, you want to sort of call all this stuff and and tell stories with it, There's, I just believe that's going to be a huge, in huge demand for uh, a long time to come. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy hearing that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Michelle. All right. Thanks a lot for your time, Michelle. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode, and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.